Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I've entitled the lesson toward today, Elijah is Come Already. For a brief but thrilling time in the early part of the first century A.D., the wilderness of Judea resonated with the preaching of John the Baptist. He was the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, according to Isaiah 40 and verse 3. John came as the messenger of the Lord to prepare the way before him, that was Malachi 3.1, and to make straight in the desert a highway for our God, again that's Isaiah 40 and verse 3. Malachi had written these words, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. That was Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. As these prophecies related to John and the coming of the Messiah began to be fulfilled, an angel of the Lord appeared to a certain priest named Zacharias, the husband of Elizabeth, as he was performing his priestly service before God. The angel told Zacharias that his prayers had been heard and that he and Elizabeth would be blessed with a son. In addition, the angel said, And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of righteousness so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's Luke 1, 17. The Spirit and the Power of Elijah When we consider Elijah, prophet to Israel in the days of King Ahab, we see a man of fervent zeal with the courage to speak out against the false religions that were turning the people away from Jehovah. He was a man of boldness, who would say what needed to be said without regard for the consequences to himself. His mission was to restore the affections of his people to their God and to reestablish respect for his law. Elijah's job was to create once again a right relationship between parents and children and to turn them to the true religion of their ancestors. By so doing, they would be ready to receive the Messiah because when he came, they would be able to see that he was the fulfillment of God's promises and the realization of the hope of their fathers. He came preaching repentance and the fruits thereof, manifested in a complete return to Jehovah. That is what John did as well. He came preaching repentance and demanded fruits thereof. He called for a return to God's way and warned of destruction to come should the people refuse. He prepared the way for the coming of the Lord. I want to take special note of the preaching of John the Baptist. He was a man with something to say, 
a message that desperately needed to be delivered, and he had the courage to say it. What really required courage on the part of John, and it is the same thing that truly requires courage on the part of every faithful gospel preacher today, was the willingness to make it practical and to make the necessary applications. When John was confronted with the religious leaders of his day, men responsible for the perversion of God's law who were creating a religious atmosphere that was prophetically referred to as a dry ground by Isaiah. He did not couch his language or his message in language so generic that no one could understand or be offended. As a matter of fact, he said in Luke chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, talking to the Pharisees, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. When John was asked what he meant, or what the people should do, he gave practical answers that were applicable to their lives. He did not fill his response with smooth-sounding religious slogans and catchphrases of his day. John said that if they had two coats and another had none, share with him. If they had food and someone was hungry, give him some. To the tax collectors, John said to just do their jobs and stop the dishonest conduct. To soldiers, his response was essentially the same. When it was a matter of God's law concerning marriage, John did not speak in such a way that everyone could go away feeling good about whatever condition they were in, nor did they have to go away wondering what the truth was. John stood before Herod and said, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. That's Mark 6 and verse 18. Preaching and teaching must be practical. It must be of such a nature that the listeners can make application to their lives, or it is of little to no value. The gospel is eminently practical, and it is meant to be life-changing but not if we water it down for fear of upsetting or offending someone. When I need to know what I need to know is what God wants me to do. I need to know if I am wrong. I need to know if I am sinning, if I am practicing something that God has not authorized, or if I am just believing a false doctrine. I don't need someone to tickle my ears by telling me just what I want to hear. I don't need someone who will make me feel comfortable in sin. I don't need to hear a sermon and come away wondering what in the world was that fellow talking about. I don't need cute and catchy religious slogans. I need good, sound gospel preaching that will lift up my spirit, fill my soul, and help to make me a better Christian. I need God's word, and I need to know how it applies to me. Give these words careful consideration.